Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. So get, get your Bibles out and your writing materials. I know you are in the comfort of your homes and various rooms that you are in. But let's put some discipline in place. Let's get some seriousness into what we're doing to learn at the master's feet tonight. And the spirit of God himself will teach us the word of God, which is able to save our souls and ground us, rooted and grounded in the knowledge of God. So let's quickly do that. Get out your Bibles and your writing materials and turn your Bibles quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which has been our text for this series. That's the place in the Bible where the gifts of the Spirit were introduced to the body of Christ. Praise God, the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now we know them. We have been calling them for some time. We have, and we have categorized them so that we easily learn them, easily know them, and easily know also how they function so that we can constantly and continually yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost whenever he chooses to move. Don't forget, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 11, is as he wills, is as he wills. Our own part is to know the Holy Holy Ghost, to know the word of God, that forms a platform for which he will move in our lives. Praise God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verses 7 to 11. Now, um, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the gift is given to every man to profit without. That's where our first found footing is. Is given to us to profit. Now, from there, it begins to describe the categories of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. There are three categories of these gifts. The first one, which we have dealt with, is the revelational gifts, the gifts that reveal. That's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and discernment of spirits. Again, these are the category of gifts that reveal. They are revelatory in nature. The second category, which we have dealt with also, is the gift of faith, the gift of working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. That's the second category, which we call the power gifts, or the gifts that do something. The first category is the category that reveals something. This category does something. And the one we are now doing, which is the concluding of the three categories, is the gifts that say something. They are the gifts of utterance. They are the vocal gifts. They say something. And the first one we are dealing with is the gift of prophecy. The others we will deal with later is speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Praise God. It's, it's important we deal with those two last because they were the ones that didn't really occur in the Old Testament. I mean, speaking in tongues did not occur in the Old That's the only gift of the Holy Ghost that didn't occur in the Old Testament. It only came with the birth of the church and that's why we are going to deal with it last but 
right now, we are dealing with the gift of prophecy. We will not finish gift of prophecy today. We will finish it next week. Then we will jump to the other one. So, last week, we started talking about the gift of prophecy. And uh, we learned a few things about the gift of prophecy. We said it was the most important of the vocal gifts because the other two gifts, vocal gifts, they need each other to be equivalent to the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is superior as it were, as it were, uh, to the other two gifts. It's the most important, like I said, uh, and you can see that from scriptures we learned last week. To save our time, I won't be able to comb over everything, but just to bring you to memory of the things we learned last week. One of the things about the vocal gifts, one of the things about uh, the gift of prophecy uh, is that the word of God tells us that we should covet it. We should go after it. Uh, all of us are being given to prophesy. It's not for anybody. All of us in the New Testament is expected to prophesy. We are all given these gifts, and the Holy Ghost expects us to all press into the gift of prophecy. This is one of the gifts that is for every believer. But you need to press in. Uh, prophecy, what does it mean to prophesy? Prophecy is the supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Again, I repeat it, supernatural utterance in a known tongue. It's a supernatural utterance. It's it's influenced by the Holy Ghost. It's not just anything saying anything. It's uh, supernatural, and it's in a known tongue. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians 14.1 and 1 Corinthians 14.39, this is where you'll be seeing the Holy Spirit revealing his mind concerning the gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, You should follow after charity, which is love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye prophesy. That's what he said in verse 1. By the time he got to verse 39, he said, Wherefore, brethren, covet prophecy. Covet it. It should be at the center of your heart. With all the spiritual gifts, go after it with everything that is in within you. Go after the gift of prophecy. Now, we talked about the two sides of the coin for prophecy. Prophecy involves foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling is revelatory in nature. Foretelling is literally picking what God has said and being inspired over it via the Holy Ghost. We said that concerning foretelling, it's about exhortation. Let's quickly see the scripture that talks about that in 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says the prophecy in the New Testament, and that's prophecy in the New Testament. It's more tailored. This is the New Testament prophecy that the scripture is saying that everyone should prophesy. It's talking about foretelling. It's talking about the prophetic in the New Testament is based on foretelling. Praise God. And what it's all about, according to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, is edification. Words that will edify you. Edification has to be built up. To edify means to be built. 
So words that build people, that's prophesying, that's foretelling. Praise God. It will build, that's one thing, edification. Number two, exhortation. It will raise. To exhort is also to build, but in terms of moving forward, being raised forward. We are being exalted, lifted. So it will build, it will lift, and thirdly, it will comfort. It will bring peace like a river. He said, the peace I give to you is not as the world giveth. This one surpasses all human understanding. So it brings you to the estate of God. It brings you to the estate of comfort. To be comforted with the words of God. To be comforted with your journey. To be comforted with where you are going. To be comforted with words. To bring an atmosphere of peace around you. Praise God. Even in the midst of the storms. So this is what the New Testament prophecy is all about. Once again, it's for edification. Number two, exaltation. And number three, comfort. Praise God. You will notice that in the New Testament prophecy, the prophecy that we are all called to, it is not revelatory in nature. That is one thing you should know. Not everybody is giving the revelation dimension of prophecy. That is directly proportional to the office of a prophet. Now, could you, a New Testament believer, tap into that? Yes. But does that make you a prophet because you give a revelatory prophecy? No. We studied that last week also. To qualify for the office of a prophet, there are certain revelatory gifts that must be consistent in one's life. Not once a while. It flows consistently. Not just one, two of it must be flowing consistently in your life. So it's the observation of these things that the presbytery comes together and says this of a, of a certainty is called to the office of a prophet and begins to grow in the prophet. Amen. So the other one that has to do with revelation is called foretelling, foretelling. Foretelling. That is what the one who sits in the office of a prophet does. Praise God. Let's quickly go into it today because uh, that's where I want to pick it up today. We, we dealt extensively with that last week, but let us just pick another dimension of it. I want to talk about the New Testament example of the gift of prophecy so that we understand that as New Testament believers that one, this is one of the areas we are called to. Now, take this seriously because God is interested in you fulfilling this. He gave it to you. So you must know, understand it first, then by revelation, put it into action. Take action on it. And you see how your life will be of the better. In Acts 21, we see the scriptural illustration of some believers who had the gift of prophecy in operation in their lives. This is now New Testament. If you turn to Acts 21 verses 8 and 9, you will see this scenario. This is New Testament. Remember the book of Acts where, you know, the disciples in operation manifesting everything Jesus told them. All right? So now in verse 8, 
And the next day, we were at Paul's company. We that were of Paul's company departed and came into Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven. I'm sure you remember when Philip was called, when he was part of that seven, called Dickens to South Table. But we could see that later on in his life, he was promoted to an evangelist. You can see he was being called an evangelist here. So when he was being called an evangelist, they entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. Verse 9, they stayed with him for a while. It wasn't just coming in and going, they stayed with him in a while. Uh, well, that's for another day to teach on the abode. But verse 9, and the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Four of them, virgins, they did prophesy. Praise God. He must have been somebody not only doing ministry in church, but he took care of his house. He took care of his house. Otherwise, the children would have been reported differently. Maybe they were wayward children. No, but you could tell that he had rule over his children. He imparted and imputed what he believed in into the lives of the children. And you can see, as the father was on fire, the children too were on fire. Four of them, the professor. They were not rookies. They were not observers. They, 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 they were part and parcel of the household of it. Now, that's a, that's a good challenge and a good example to all of us, especially parents. Don't just be spiritual. Carry your children along. Don't be praying and your children are just looking as if they are looking at a movie. They should learn to close their eyes. They should learn to pray too. They should learn to do things, stuff of the spirit. Bring them into the supernatural realm. Let it be their own natural agenda. Start training your own children to prophesy too. Not only you. Your children must be able to prophesy. Teach them from their young age. A part of it I'm going to do next week because we want to talk about creating the atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to move. And let the supernatural environment become the natural environment for your children. Very important. There was a time in my life I went to a certain place. This must have been two decades ago. I went to a certain place and I saw children. 11, 12, 15. They were lost in the spirit. And they were, okay, I'm getting into next week's message. Let's, let's leave that one for next week. Let's get the foundation in place today. Amen. Now, all four of Philip's daughters had this simple gift of prophecy operating in their lives. What I call the simple gift of prophecy is the prophecy, is the gift of prophecy for the New Testament believers. They must have prophesied in services held in their house. You know, in those days, the services was from house to house. Otherwise, Paul and his company would not have known that they did prophesy. Philip's daughters spoke to the whole company to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort, according to 1 Corinthians 14.3. That was the prophecy in Acts 21, 8 and 9, and so on. But, however, when prophet Agapos came, one who sits in the office of a prophet. He had a message from the Holy Spirit on a higher order, which brought revelation. 
You see, the prophetic, the, the prophecy that comes with the dimension of revelation is of a higher order. And those ones are directly proportional or it regularly operates around the one who sits in the office of a prophet. Not only does it operate around him alone, but most of the time it comes around the one with the office of a prophet. Does it mean other believers cannot tap into revelatory prophecies? Yes, but it, mo it might come on the platform of word of knowledge or word of wisdom. Praise God. Then prophecy becomes the platform through which it comes. I'm going to give that example here so that we'll be clear about it. Amen? Okay. Now, New Testament example of a prophet's ministry is what I'm going into because I've started talking about Agapos now. Okay. Now, Acts 21, 10 and 11. We read, read 8 and 9. We saw the introduction of these girls as prophets. Now, let's read 10 and 11. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agapos. And when he was come into us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his hands and his feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, that's a prophetic word, no doubt about it. He came, even the gesture, the, gesture, the demonstration is a platform of prophecy. That's how prophecy comes. It's supernatural utterance in a known language. You can see that, ah, this man is not cooking this thing up. It's supernatural. Praise God. And he, he was uttering some words. And it's in a known language we can understand. And of a truth, Paul was going to Jerusalem. Agapos didn't know he was going to Jerusalem. So it's revelatory. He didn't even know the name of Paul. Do you see that? He was revelatory. He said, the man that owns this garden. This is what we have. He was revelatory. He, he, he only uttered what was really revealed to him. Praise God. So, he just had a message, had some revelation with it. The word of wisdom, probably. However, no direction was given to Paul at this stage. In the sense that Agapos didn't tell Paul to go or not to go to Jerusalem. That decision was left to Paul. But this was what was going to happen to Paul. That's what Agapos was saying. Agapos only told Paul that this is what's going to happen in the near future should you go to Jerusalem. There are two possible ways of interpreting the word of wisdom that Agapos had for Paul. Why is it the word of wisdom? Why is it the word of wisdom? I'm calling that statement, I'm saying it's what he said is the word of wisdom. Who can tell me why I said it's the word of wisdom? Because of the future. He's talking about his future. What of, if it's word of knowledge, what will he be talking to? Pastor present. Praise God. Amen. So, very good. I, I, I believe I would have asked you to put it on the chart, but I believe you, 
you understand, you haven't forgotten what we have taught so far. Praise God. So there are two possible ways to interpret it. One, it was a word of wisdom delivered through the vehicle of prophecy. That is one way to look at it. Another way you can look at this is that Agapos was just reporting the word of wisdom he already knew by the Spirit of God. Praise God. He's just reporting what he had known by the Spirit of God. Therefore, we see that the prophet may prophesy, but the message he brings may not be simple prophecy at all. Because this wasn't a simple prophecy. (laughs) Amen. And again, like I said, it could have been by the unction. He might not have received that message before anywhere. It could have been just by the auction. He got to the place, the auction came upon him, and he started prophesying. Or he had already received, before he got there, he had received that there's somebody there. He had received the word of wisdom already. So when he got there, he was only reporting what he has received. It it didn't come as an on-the-spot auction. It could have been what had been received before, just reporting what have been received. In other words, the message of the prophet that the prophet gives may come through the vehicle of prophecy, that is, inspired utterance. He never thought of it, no. It hadn't come in any shape or form before. On the spot it came and he just delivered it. It can come that way. But the message may actually be the revelation of the gifts in operation. Praise God such as the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. Or, the prophet may just speak what he has already previously received from the Lord and just reporting it by saying, thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 blah. Praise God. Therefore, in Acts 21, verse 10 and 11, one of the revelation gives one of the revelatory gifts, which is word of wisdom, may have been manifested through the gift of prophecy. In the case, prophecy, in that case, prophecy would just be the vehicle with which the word of wisdom came. Praise God. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. That one is inspired utterance. It's still the same word of wisdom, but on the spot it happened. And it could be that I have already received the word of wisdom before I got to a place or I get to a place and now report what I have received before. Both are still correct. God can use both methods at any time. Praise God. Amen. Now, I want to address the misuse of the gift of prophecy. This teaching will not be complete without addressing the misuse of it. Because both believers and so-called gifted people uh, misuse this. The misuse of this gift can cause confusion amongst believers. If people would use prophecy as the scripture teaches, it would be a great blessing to the body of Christ. 
And that's why I want you to balance it up. Every member of Royal House listening to me and those who are listening to this message all over the world, balance your Christianity up. Don't go outside the scripture concerning the gifts. The gifts are no, they are not stronger than the word of God. These gifts don't override the word of God. The word of God is the final authority in the realm of the spirit. And anything about prophecy must submit to the word of God. Even to judge a prophecy, we were taught in the scriptures that you judge prophecies with scriptures. The scriptures cannot be broken. It can't be crossed. So if we learn scripturally to embrace the gift of prophecy as the scripture teaches, it will be a great blessing to us as individuals and to the body of Christ at large. Because you hear a minister or a brother who operates in the prophet's ministry bring forth a revelation don't think you can do the same. Praise God. Don't think you can do. If you are not gifted in an area, you are not gifted in the area. Leave it alone. So, some try to bring forth some foretelling instead of just foretelling. And they get themselves into trouble when they do that. The experience of some people is amazing. A, a, a young lady who spent, she's a lady now by God's grace, she's in a Bible school somewhere in California, but she was part of our children's church in this church when this church started. She's training to become a minister of the gospel and um, glory be to God for that. And she was, uh, in the Bible school she goes to, she, she had some roommates that were into this prophecy and prophesying and all that. And she decided to follow them one day. And when they got there, they prophesied that uh, her mother was going to die soon. Followed by, oh, they prophesied that she herself was going to get cancer and die. I said, what kind of prophecy is that? What kind of prophecy is that? And you know, when this thing grips some people, they will start shaking. They will start moving. But thank God for her life. She was grounded in the world. He said, no, this cannot be correct. This can't be right. Prophecy is for exaltation, edification, and comfort. Say, this one is fear. Say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. Why should such words come? These words are not from God. When did God resume the business of killing people? The thief come here to kill, to steal, and destroy. And now, why are you prophesying? See, since they prophesy, none of the prophecy ever gets fulfilled. Praise God. That is not God. Hello? This group, whoever they are, they are, mis they are misusing whatever gift they might have had. They are misusing it. If people would just stay with the simple gift of prophecy, Speaking unto men for edification, for comfort, and for exaltation, they would be fine. Certainly, there are those who stand in prophet's ministry 
who sometimes minister along the lines of foretelling or predictions. There are those God has gifted that way. Foretelling or predictions. There are others who operate in other gifts of the spirit, such as word of wisdom and word of knowledge, which also come forth in prophecy. So the simple gift of prophecy is not prediction. The simple gift of prophecy is not prediction. I will repeat it. The simple gift of prophecy is not prediction. When the scripture is saying that uh, all should prophesy, that this I covet, it's not saying prediction. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what he said. Many think the gift of prophecy is a prediction. No, it's not. The simple gift of prophecy is not prediction, but it's speaking to man. It's speaking to men. What is he speaking? Edification, exaltation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.3. Don't forget that. Edification, exaltation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.3. When it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you don't have them when you are born into this world. I repeat, you know I was trying to teach something the other time that some people just have these natural gifts and they think it's, the, it's not the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's natural, keep it natural. That's not the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's not the Holy Ghost. No one comes to the, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nobody brought the gifts of the Holy Spirit into this world. When you are born into this world, it's not the Holy Spirit. You don't have the Holy Ghost until you give your life to Christ. The Holy Spirit and Christ, they don't go. <laughs> Christ is the one that is the platform for the Holy Ghost to come. Without Christ in any life, the Holy Spirit cannot operate in that life. According to scriptures. I'm teaching you scriptures. <laughs> Hello? Uh -huh. So, first take that. Nobody is just born of a mother and he just has the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying it doesn't have other gifts you can be born with. But I'm saying gift of the Holy Ghost. No. You must first be born into the kingdom of God through the new birth. Being born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Put it on the screen for the people of God. This is the only way the Holy Ghost can come in. If you are not yet saved, you can't have the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 19, he met certain believers. They did not have the Holy Ghost. In fact, they did, Christ was not fully formed in them yet. The only thing they knew was baptism. They only knew baptism to repentance. They only knew that uh, baptism of John was all they knew. The baptism to repentance. Say, how would you receive the Holy Ghost? They say, until you first have Christ. They were baptized into Christ before the Holy Ghost came. So 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? He is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. That is what you call the new birth. That is what you call the spiritual birth. That is when you are now a member of the kingdom of God, of the family of God, when you give your life to Christ. So number one, nobody is born with this gift. Nobody brought it to this world. The gifts of the Holy Ghost can only come 
when you are born again. You must receive the baptism. It is after you are born again that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.4. Acts 2 4. When you now receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is when the gifts are there, resident in the Holy Ghost in you. Then he chooses to use whatever gift he pleases to use. Then the scripture says the Holy Ghost divides the gift of the Holy Spirit to every man severally as he wills. To everyone. So we are all in the body of Christ, members in the body of Christ. We have received Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. We have received the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost is in us. Then he divides severally amongst us. If he wants to use one with word of wisdom, he can use one with word of knowledge. He can use one with discernment of spirit. Can use one with speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of working of miracles. He can. Severally as he wills. Amen. First Corinthians 12, 11. Also, you must then be in the spirit. Now, this is what's important for us. Yes, you are born again. You have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You are, you, are, you, are, you are waiting on the Holy Spirit to use anyone he pleases severally, divide severally as he wills, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Now, listen to this. This is your responsibility. Also, you must then be in the Spirit for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. This is a mistake many people make. They forget that they still have the responsibility to always be in the Spirit. If the Holy Ghost is going to move in your life, you must be in the spirit. The Bible says that if you are in the flesh, if you are in the flesh, if you are in the flesh, the Holy Spirit cannot move. And this is what happens to many believers. We, we hang around the flesh too much. And make no mistake about this. The Holy Spirit will not operate on flesh. The gifts of the Holy Spirit do not operate in the flesh. No, they can't. When you say gift operating in the flesh, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's some other spirit. Are you listening? So, in other words, you must wait upon the unction of the Holy Spirit for the manifestation of spiritual gifts. You wait. And this is the training we are going through as a church. This is the focus of it. This is what's important for you and I, to be in the spirit. Now, now you, you having malice with your brother, you are not in the spirit. We miss the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can't, can't manifest himself. You living a life of the flesh, you miss the Holy Ghost. You know what is right, you know what is wrong, but you keep on doing the wrong things, you stick to the wrong things, you fellowship with the wrong things and wrong people, you are jeopardizing. You see, when the Holy Spirit wants to distribute severally as he wills, he, when he sees your address, he doesn't want to know, he doesn't want to go there because he can't operate, he's going to be a useless star. So, it's there, but it's never activated in you. It's there, but it's, it's never been used. You are not being used for it. 
because you are not in the spirit. So being in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So we must always encourage ourselves to be in the spirit. We must discipline ourselves to be in the spirit. Because, you see, he has given us this spirit for every man to profit without. If you are not in the spirit, you will lose without. It will no more be profit. It will be loss. Because at every opportunity, it will not respect. The Holy Ghost, listen to me. Write it down if you want to. The Holy Ghost does not operate in the flesh. You must keep the flesh away from your normal life. Praise God. It is amazing how many people have followed the wrong teaching along this line. But there is no use in backing off the real and the genuine because of counterfeit. No. That is all the more reason we need to allow the Holy Spirit to demonstrate the genuine gifts of the Spirit through us and show people from the world and show people from the word of God what is genuine. Because there are too many fakey things out there now. And that is why the real people must press in and say this is the real thing. This is the real thing. And this is where we are going, church. Church must be done in the supernatural. Must be done in a supernatural way. We were born supernaturally. We should live also supernaturally. We must give room for the supernatural working in our lives. Thank God, by God's grace, when this pandemic is over, which is coming over soon, praise God, where we'll have liberty to fellowship with ourselves, be on one-on-one, -on -one, we will give more room. There will be special services, demo, I mean, dedicated to the demonstration of the Spirit in this way where our daughters will prophesy, where our young ones, we will see, they will have visions, they will see, they, 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 will, they will manifest the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's in the supernatural. That's the way it should be. Praise God. These days, the gifts are there, but you see, as a church sometimes, we lock out the Holy Ghost. We lock out that manifestation, which we must give more room for. Amen. And give more room to. It is very important. Praise God. Because unfortunately, even some Christians are misled about spiritual gifts. They are misled. The other day, uh, a guy was talking. He said, I, I want to receive a prophecy. For what? Uh, I want to receive a prophecy for the color of tie that I should put on to walk. Really? You need a prophecy for the color of tie you should put on to walk. God is not interested in all those, uh, you know, some people, he's not interested in all those petty things. They are waiting to receive prophecy on the color of tie you have to wear to walk. God... <laughs> 
Such a person is opening himself even to deception. Somebody the other day was saying, uh, Sir, I need a prophecy. What for? What's the prophecy? You see, people go around and say they need a prophecy. Do you, do you have a word there for me? Is there a word? Is there a word? Do you have a word for me? You know? Do you have a word for me? Do you have a What nonsense? Praise God. This is unscriptural. You see, if we don't quickly address these things, some people think, oh, you know, it's just being goofy. It's okay. It's part of it. No, it's unscriptural. This is how people get deceived. That's not how God leads you. God doesn't lead you by prophecy. No. He doesn't lead you by prophecy. Praise God. <laughs> Each believer has the Holy Ghost as a guide. You want to know what church you, ask the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost guide you. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Not by prophecy. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going off the tangent now. Don't mind me. Uh, let me put it this way. The Holy Spirit is a guide and a counselor on the inside of you. John 16, 13. Let's see that. John 16, 13. You must learn as a child of God, depend more on the Holy Ghost for such decisions as that. You see how people misuse the word of God? You want to put on time, you are looking for prophecy. Praise God. Are you there? How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into how many truth? Into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. That's the Holy Spirit. He will guide you. That's our guide. That's the primary, that's the primary way the Lord leads. He leads us through the spirit of truth by the word of truth. You see, they are both truth. Spirit and the word. That's how he will lead us. Praise God. It's not by someone else prophesying, please. Amen? He did not say he will lead you through people prophesying. Is that what he said? He said he will lead you. Everybody said me. Uh-huh. You are the first point of God. He will lead you. Praise God. And that is the primary way God leads his children. is by inward witness. Romans 8, 14. By the spirit of God leading on the inside of you. Inward witness. That's the primary way. Not by someone else prophesying to them. Amen. I remember one time, a man of God, he went to preach. And uh, he was staying in the hotel room with his wife. And about 4 a.m., they came to wake him up that he had a phone call. 4 a.m. Well, he said it's emergency. What's the emergency? He got the phone and they said, yes, Reverend, we want to ask whether you have a word for us. We are praying here. We want to see whether you have a word of prophecy for us. <laughs> the man of God said, I had a word for them quite all right. <laughs> but that word was in the flesh. <laughs> 
<laughs> because if he gave him the, if he said, he said if, he, if he gave them his mind that time, the word he has, he said he doesn't think they will even know how to use a phone anymore, at, especially at 4 a.m. Praise God. You don't turn the Holy Spirit into an on and off switch. No, you don't do that. Now, I want to, uh, perhaps I should take this one next week, but let me start it off. Manifestations of the Holy Spirit in corporate worship. Now, next week, I'm going to start teaching you on building the atmosphere for the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. I know a lot of you might be concerned, worried at home, or, okay, you are listening to this teaching, and there's no point teaching this without the demonstration. So, next week, we'll be shifting to creating the atmosphere. It starts with worship. And some people don't know how to worship unless they come to the house of God. You need to start building your own worship life. Because that's the atmosphere of the true room. That's the atmosphere of God. It's an atmosphere of worship. So bringing in the presence, bringing in the comfort zone of the Holy Spirit to manifest is very important. How do I prepare the ground? We said it's at the spirit will. So let the spirit be willing at that time. I, in my, in my ministry, by God's grace, I find God move more through me when the atmosphere of the anointing. God does much more in the atmosphere of the anointing than ever before. Praise God. Praise God. And I want to encourage each and every one of us. Next week is another dynamo. I want us to, I'm sure you have been blessed tonight. Have you been blessed? I want you to put it on the comment. Give us some comments. Give us some feedback of how the teaching tonight is. And we want to take it to another level next week. Because in the prophetic, uh, like I said, uh, is an inspirational thing. And um, it's, it's, I, by God's grace, God will teach us uh, setting up that atmosphere for the prophetic. It's something you can begin to do in your own personal life, to speak to yourself. The Bible says speaking to ourselves in hymns, in psalms, and spiritual songs. That's prophecy. Speaking to yourself is prophecy. Some people don't know that they need to prophesy to themselves, to prophesy over their lives. And that's how you do it. Every day of your life, do not go a day without prophesying. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your marriage. Prophesy over your life. Prophesy to your world. Prophesy to one another. Praise God. I see the gift of prophecies flow like never before in this house. Thank God for the level of the prophetic we enjoy. This is a prophetic-oriented church. We give God the praise and glory. Prophecy is not strange to you guys. But God wants to take us to a deeper dimension of it. 
like I said, our children, we want our children will start flowing in the gifts like never before. Because they will be taught to. Now, because you parents have been taught, it's not going to be a stranger in your house. It will be the norm. I'm looking for the I'm looking for uh, 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 testimonies like this in this church. That our children will come to us and say, Dad, Mom, when last did you prophesy? Come on. It's time to, let's get into the spirit here. I don't, the atmosphere of this house is somehow. Come on, let's get into, and, and, and one of them will go on the keyboard because we've been sending them to music school. He'll go on the keyboard and just make some melody and bam, you're in the supernatural. Bam. Hallelujah. And the spirit will begin to move and do his own thing. I see like never before the power of God moving in our midst. In the name of Jesus. I have found out that it is better to pray for people after the word. After the word has been released and after the spirit of God takes over. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and our Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.